3: 77 W-A-B-C.
4: And good morning, good morning, good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk radio 77 WABC. You can reach me on Twitter at Dominic TV, Facebook, or Instagram, Dominic Carter TV. Thank you for joining us and a programming note. I hope you will also join me at 1215. This afternoon coming up. So a couple of uh, issues, the Buffalo shooting, of course, shockwaves are felt in New York City tonight. A prayer vigil was held in Harlem. And so uh, one of the things I'm trying to figure out. It may be legal. It may be legal. It is legal. But how does an 18 year old get an assault style weapon? How does that happen? 18. I'm not even talking for argument's sake about the mental illness aspect. How does an 18 year old get an assault style weapon? One. Two. Relatives of the young man, the eighteen year old suspect, are claiming, are claiming the teen likely snapped because of his paranoia and isolation from the COVID nineteen pandemic. Bear's repeating, relatives of the eighteen year old suspect are claiming the teen likely snapped because of his paranoia and isolation from the COVID-19 pandemic. Also, and we're about to go to your telephone calls. I see you folks are already lined up here. The, an incident in, in New York, and folks, I want you to think about this. This is someone's daughter in the morgue as I speak. An 11-year-old girl, 11 years old, killed after being hit with a stray bullet in the Bronx. The shooting happened at Westchester Avenue when two men drove by on a moped and opened fire shortly before 5 p.m. An 11-year-old child is in the morgue. And I'm going to give a lot of details in just a minute or so. But I want to mix things up. And I see a lot of you have a lot to say. And so I want to start tonight, before I even get to any of my talking points, with the telephone calls. 800-848-WABC. 800 800-848- 848 nine two 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 let's start with john in new jersey good morning john and welcome to the dominic carter show
5: hey dominic pleasure to be on with you again thank you. you
4: thank you go right ahead john
5: so first of all i just want to say you know my my heart goes out to the people it was a tragedy what happened but what i wanted to say there was i feel like it's a shame what happened but I don't want to sound like a conspiracy nut, but the timing of this is all very weird. Instead of talking about inflation and finding out what's happening to Hunter Biden and how um, the president's involved with it and all this stuff that's going on, we're now talking about abortion and shootings. And every time there seems to be something going on, where whether it was like Hillary's uh, emails or all that stuff, there's always something that happens, a shooting, something to... Uh, direct our attention away from what's really going on. Well,
4: John, let me let me put it to you this way. I, I, I respect uh, your argument, your point of view of what you're saying here, but please, please put yourself in the shoes of the families of the victims. We know, John, that they would rather talk about any other issue rather than preparing for the funerals for their loved ones. And by the way, a lot of these uh, people that are deceased from the Buffalo shooting happen to be senior citizens. I'm going to tell you about one uh, at about 1245 in the Carter Cares uh, segment. John, I hear you. It does sound a bit like a conspiracy. I respect what you're saying, but there's just uh, too much pain going on right now, and we have to, to... Acknowledge and look at what's happened to these families. And remember, remember, John, so you have the 13 victims. Their families are are hurting, hurting right now, 10 planning funerals. And then you also have the family of this deranged young man in which uh, both parents uh, work for the state of New York as civil engineers. And their lives will never Ever be the same again the shame the embarrassment that comes with what has happened let's go to Christopher in Vermont good morning Christopher you're on talk radio seventy seven w a b c good
6: morning uh, Dominic yes, good morning uh, no i i i uh I was listening to Rita as I do by habit because i I enjoy her show so much but I you know it, this guy had a history of uh, of various uh, things, and they should have been kept accountable. He should have been held accountable for it. But when you said an, uh, an assault-style rifle, I'm sorry, AR means Armalite Rifle. Uh okay a- so R- so wait wait it's wait 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 not, so so wait
4: whoa, 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 whoa. So, 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 so wait 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 so 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 wait 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 Christopher so a bushmaster assault style, style rifle which was used in the slaughter you're telling me that's not an assault uh assault uh type weapon assault style type weapon
6: military rifle it's oh. a, it's a semi-automatic Okay
4: hey rifle. Christopher Christopher I I respect what you're saying but are we really going to debate what was used when there are 10 people that are dead? Does it really matter? Does it really, but but, but wait, Christopher, and I'm going to let you speak now. Is it really, really that important that we get that part right as far as you're saying, but the experts are, are, are saying what I just stated that it was a Bushmaster assault style type rifle, but please go ahead, Christopher.
6: Yes yes but if we if we just identify the weapon and not the the person who did this then we're never going to get to, to uh, any sort of solution.
4: Christopher for for now for now for, since since Saturday I've been talking about this young man's mental illness. And and that is definitely part of the story. Was he racist? Yes. But I've also focused on the mental illness. You have the final say before I move on.
6: Well, I mean, certainly his parents were were, uh, cognizant of his mental state. If they weren't, then they weren't being parents, were they?
4: Well, we're going to find out all of this, um, the details uh, as it relates to what they knew, what they didn't know. Uh, We do know, and I thank you for the call, we do know that the parents have been interviewed uh, by the FBI. It really is a tragic situation all the way around the board. Maria in Brooklyn, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
7: Dominica, I'm, I'm very sad that I have to make a call. I have been watching the, the, the atmosphere in our country. Um, this, this really started when the Clintons came around, this division. And I am not saying tragedies have not happened. I am not saying that racism does not exist. But for the last few years, the press, the Democratic Party, and these politicians, they have been nothing short of enticing the flames of one group is bad, the other group is the victim. And it is true. But when you keep enticing it, this is what happens. And i I said this before. This country is going to get to a point where we are going to come into the brink of a civil war with one group against the other. Because this I am telling you that there will always be people that will become radicalized, like what just happened with this with this man, because that's what they he, did. Did you hear that he said the the first thing out of when he was, I guess, handcuffed, "White lives matter"? Also, so this is this is the politicians. This is the atmosphere uh, that these politicians have um, brought to the brink. and This is going to keep happening. I'm sorry to say, and this this president is coming over. I'm sorry, I'm a New Yorker, I'm not in Buffalo, but we don't want him here with his po- po- political... He's only coming here because they think that this is good for their party. We They, they, they use these victims as, as political pawns for their only gay, gain. Why why was Letitia James and the governor of New York, why were they not aware that this, this person was doing all these threats? You know because they were too busy watching Donald Trump's bank account. It is very sad. we become political toys for these people, the politicians, and this is the atmosphere that they have brought us into. It's well, not going to get better until it well, finally stops.
4: Maria, thank you for the call, and you're you're correct to a degree. However, the issue becomes if you talk to someone on the far left, The same way, Maria, you just described what you believe to be the catalyst of all this, they will describe something else, Uh, normally completely different, Maria, than what you just said. So the point becomes, when do we as a country say enough is enough? When do we say that, for example, in the state of New York, these pandering politicians that are playing to the far left – when do we all stop talking, register and vote, register and vote, all of us in masses to bring about the change that is needed? And as far as white and black, white African-Americans, we have got to find a way to come together and stop blaming each other. Stop blaming each other. Whites, I deal with it every night. Whites point to black-on-black crime. Blacks point to racism. And neither side can really understand the other's point of view. Let me go to uh, Leonardo in uh, Essex County, New Jersey. Good morning, Leonardo, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show.
8: Nothing but love, Dominic. Thank you for taking Thank my you. call. I want, wanted to talk about a solution. It's horrible what happened in Buffalo, and I spent a lot of time in the Bronx. My heart and prayers go out to the uh, family of the girl that was shot Uh uh, in, um, in Brian Babin of Texas has proposed, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, it's called the Threat Assessment Prevention and Safety Act. It's just a proposal. Of course, Congress hasn't acted on it, but it's called the TAPS, for T-A-P-S. And it's um, a, a very interesting protocol to be developed by Congress and uh, the Department of uh, 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 Homeland Security to implement grants at the comm- level. Kid, this is the same protocol that the Secret Service uses.
4: Oh, okay, okay, so, but for grant, grants for what? I, I need you to hammer home your point. Grants for yeah, what? To,
8: imp- to min- implement this uh, a threat assessment and prevention and safety. So
4: threats these... threats in local communities? I'm, I'm trying to follow you.
8: Right. Yeah, it would be implemented at the community level. It's called the TAPS Act. You could uh, look at the legislation. It's been languishing in Congress. Brian Babin of Texas brought it up a couple of years ago. But this is a protocol that would spot these people, and it would be developed nationally but at the community level. And so uh, how is it they keep slipping through? You follow Right.
4: Me? I follow, and I thank you for the call, but the problem becomes, and and, and the, the, the problem is part of what you just said. So one person will come up with a potential solution. It may be a good solution, but by the time the political process is done with it, it's watered down so much where it's ineffective if it passes at all. That is the reality of the world that we live in today. And so the other part of this is um, once once they can agree Democrats and Republicans on something is is the appropriated money spent in the correct way. Sometimes uh, money is is uh, allocated for subject A and only 50 percent is spent on subject A. We have got a lot of problems that we have got to find a way collectively, we, all of us, to solve the problem. Christine in the East Village, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. Hi. Uh,
9: I agree with you with the pain of these poor victims that were brutally murdered, ruthlessly murdered. And I'm looking at what you're saying about the mental health of the person that did it. And I, like you, have a history of parents or older people caring for me that were mentally ill. Mm -hmm. I never experienced anything from them but love. But when my stepmother died when I was a toddler... Eventually, the whole family was split apart, and I've never recovered from that. I became a psychiatric nurse and have been one since 1975. And when I see people who are mentally ill, I see my own family. And I've been in psychiatry all those years. Not, Never once did anybody hit me when I was working in psychiatry. Never. And now I'm looking. What's going on in this country, and I see a lot of political corruption. And I see attempts to split the American people down racial lines, down gender lines, any which way they can. And I see the indoctrination of American children in public schools where they are teaching woke and CRT, where they're claiming that every white person is a born racist. That is crazy.
4: And that is wrong. That That yeah, is it, part of the problem.
9: Yes, that is part of the problem. And you get somebody with mental illness, this 18-year-old, and he's isolated. We all know now what isolation is. He's all suffered from it. And uh, he's not got all of his screws in. He's obviously a very distinct individual. And he listens to this, and this is the result. And we saw something similar back in the uh, Connecticut. Remember that terrible school massacre?
0: Of course. Where the
9: the, the son was uh, also mentally ill. They claim he had I forget the diagnosis. You probably remember it. Um, he had that that disorder, which is usually a, a disorder of isolation. People with that disorder are not violent. They isolate. There's a problem. They have learning disabilities. But this kid was under psychiatric care and lived with his mother. The parents were divorced. They both owned homes in a very upscale, expensive area, so they had money. The mom wanted the son living with her. So she did what she needed to do. She he, he loved guns, so she bought him guns.
4: Right, and and, and, and Christine, and, in, in the interest of time, I have to step in, and let me just say this, folks. Um, for tonight, given the volume of calls that we're having, we we can pass. I feel like Curtis Lee were a little bit. We can pass on the uh, <clears throat> excuse me on the pleasantries, and please just get right to your point. And I I can't take a uh, long long calls because there are just too many calls. Uh, coming in tonight, but Christine, I hear you. I hear you, but it's just not wise for someone with mental illness problems to purchase them a weapon to let them have a weapon. I'm sorry, folks. I, I don't care what the Second Amendment says. If if you have a mental illness problem, you should not be around a firearm. Period. End of story. And certainly not a Bushmaster assault-style rifle. What is it for? To hunt Bambi? I mean, what what is that for? What is the purpose? I get it. You know, the young man lived uh, near, near the Binghamton area. I get it. And, oh, let me make this other point. So in his um, manifesto, whatever you want to call it, he, he basically says that he went to the, the area with the largest percentage of blacks near him. That's not true. From where he lives, the Bronx is closer by about 40 minutes. So the question, beca- travel time. So the question becomes, why did he really select Buffalo as opposed to coming to the Bronx? Or Manhattan. And we'll probably never know the answer to that question. So we have a lot of calls I'm going to get to. And I feel like I say this nightly. I'm going to get to as many of them as I possibly can. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we will tell you about the vigil held in Harlem uh, for The victims in Buffalo. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77, WABC. I will be right back.
1: Talk Radio 77, WABC. One,
3: two, that you wanna. Now, here's Dominic Carter. Radio seventy seven WABC. You
5: are
4: Talk radio seventy seven WABC. You see, folks, this this is this is my point. So, this is music tonight from a vigil that was a vigil that was held in New York City in Harlem, as it relates to the Buffalo situation. And my point is, uh, you know, Democrats are blaming Republicans. Republicans are saying, "How dare you? You're playing the race card," and I'm saying, what about these 10 bodies? These 10 bodies that are not even in the ground yet. What about the victims? The victims. In a moment, right back to your telephone calls, but at this vigil in Harlem, uh, just a short time ago, New York City Mayor Eric Adams.
0: And I've knocked on many doors in my life to tell mothers and fathers that their babies were not coming home. They never asked or felt differently based on what demonic spirit took that child. It doesn't matter if it's a racist that shot in Buffalo or if it's a person that discharged the bullet that carved the highway of death that took this baby. We must deal with this terrorist act that happened in Buffalo that took. 10 innocent people, merely because of their ethnicity, merely because of who they were. But I say this over and over again. We have to be consistent because if you take the life of young Kiara merely because of where she lived, you're no more less demonic than a person that took the life of those 10 innocent people in Buffalo.
4: Mayor Adams, and um, this morning, or, or I should say a few hours ago tonight, again, folks, an 11-year-old girl. And like the mayor started out, I have had the horrible experience Uh, as a journalist, of having to inform someone that their loved one, um, often their child uh, was deceased and they're never coming back. And it's something that stays with you forever. But an 11-year-old girl, in the wake of what's going on in Buffalo, was killed here in New York, in the Bronx, after being hit with a stray bullet. This happened about 5 p.m., when two men drove by on a moped and opened fire, their target was a group of men. And this happened uh, at Westchester Avenue and Fox street. The target was a group of men also standing on the corner, but instead they shot the 11 year old who was visiting a nearby nail salon with a pal. Now the victim, the 11 year old girl, when she was shot in the stomach, walked in, walked into the salon, I, I apologize, folks, um, and passed out. And the girl was rushed to Lincoln Hospital where she died. And I'm, I'm sorry for being uh, emotional because I have to be professional at all times, but this is horrible. And then you go to the uh, situation in Buffalo. And so I get it again democrats are blaming republicans the president in town in a few hours to speak in buffalo republicans are saying how dare you politicize this issue and um and the the, the bodies are not even in the ground and uh elderly people young people and a crazed 18-year-old that should have never had access to a gun. Let's go back to the telephone calls. Eileen in uh, Piedmont, New York. Good morning, Eileen. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic.
10: How you doing? Good morning.
4: I'm okay. Yeah, I'm hanging in there.
10: Okay, I'm just going to make safe. Uh, about five short points, and its I'm not going to make it political like some people do. It is a family situation. Number one, hate and love begin at home. This is not a mental illness case, in my opinion. The guy planned it, wrote a manifesto, and planned it, bought the gun and everything. This is an evil demon. Also, there is no parental guidance these days, none whatsoever. There should be at least one parent home. They have a mom staying at home or a dad staying at home. Have them get paid because parenting, is the hardest job in the world.
4: Agreed, Eileen, and I and I, I agree with your ideas, but it's just not practical to do it that way. In order to pay the mortgage, often uh, each parent has to have a full-time career, and, and even then, you barely make ends meet. So I agree with your idea, but that's never going to happen. I know.
10: Yeah, you're correct, Dominic. And also... They don't have nannies or old bears on two legs anymore, or grandma and grandpa. What they have for babysitters are the TV and the cell phone.
4: And the video games.
10: They purify violence. Yes. Yes. I won't even go to the movies these days anymore. The last movie I saw, which was not violent, or bad, was the Rocket Man about Elton John. And that was, what, four years ago? I will not go see the Batman. He's probably with the Joker, and there's violence and everything. I
4: Eileen, I, 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 so I thank you for the call, and I have to move on. But you did jar a good point in my memory. So if my son comes home, and he's ordered body armor. We got a serious problem. Son, we, 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 what are you doing? And then the next question becomes, where did you get the money to purchase this? And then the third issue becomes, we have to get you counseling, professional counseling immediately. And it's not optional if you want body armor. So at age 18, how did this young man get body armor? And you're telling me that the parents didn't know anything about this? You're telling me they didn't know that he hated black people? Let's go to uh, Jay in New Jersey. Good morning, Jay, and welcome to the Dominic Carter Show.
5: Good morning, Dominic. How are you?
4: I'm good. Go I just Go want right to ahead. know
5: how long we're going to give Eric Adams until he actually does something for us. I mean, he's supposed to have a policy before he goes into office, no?
4: Yes, but, but Jay, but but Adams has said something uh, recently that is so, so true. And so I'll put the question to you. You're the mayor of New York, Jay. What do you do when the laws are stacked against the police department and you can't keep these these animals in jail. What do you do, Mr. Mayor?
5: Listen, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't running for office with the promise to end this gun violence.
4: Okay, but, but I'm asking you. You're the mayor, Jay. What do you do?
5: Let me ask you, Dominic. What do you do?
4: Well, what I would do is, is simple, and I thank you for the call. What I would do but but the, the but this the problem is again it's it's racial politics what i would do is say listen black community i know i ran on a on a pledge of not returning the plain clothes unit of the NYPD but guess what these are unusual circumstances and my hands are tied effective immediately until further notice the the plain clothes unit of the NYPD is back in full Force whoever doesn't like it, go tell that mama in the corner that's crying because her 11 year old girl is dead tonight or this morning go tell her why we have to have racial uh, sensitivities that we cannot have the plain clothes unit, which was highly effective the criminals were scared as the way they should be now the criminals are the mayor. They're calling the shots. The criminals are the police commissioner. The criminals are the district attorney. The criminals are the judge. And they're laughing at all of us. It's time to put a big dose of fear in those criminals, the plainclothes unit. So that's what I would do. Effective immediately. No, I wouldn't even do six weeks for training. Maybe they have to do that legally, but effective immediately. My plainclothes unit would be out on the streets of New York, and they wouldn't be out with these Boy Scout uniforms on, these Girl Scout uniforms on, NYPD written across the shirt and the hat so the criminals continue to laugh. No, criminal. They're going to look just like you. And by the way, criminal, I'm going to make some of the homeboys that hang out with you on the corner, they're going to be my informants. They're going to the police academy. So the the same dudes that look just like you on the street are going to be carrying a badge. That's what the state police do in some circumstances. For lack of a better term right now, they will literally go find some homeboys that are that are applying for the job of state trooper. They will put them into the state academy and then yank them out and put them into special operations. Why? Because they they have the feel of the street. They look just like the street, but they are state investigators, state police officers. So that's what I would do. I would stop completely all of this kumbaya Uh, racial healing nonsense. You want racial healing? And this is something that I heard from Rudy Giuliani. And when he was the mayor, and when he said it to me, I I was livid when he said to me, well, let's start with the fact that I'm keeping black people alive, right? And I was like, how dare you? But now, all these years later, I'm like, you know what? Rudy Giuliani was correct you were not hearing for the most part these stories of 11-year-old girls being killed uh, uh almost every other day and so that's what i would do you ask what i would do as mayor i i would i would i would i would go before the black community and i would say listen i understand your frustration i feel your pain but Black-on-black crime is completely out of control, and effectively, effective immediately, I am shutting it down. And whoever doesn't like it, well, you can vote for my opponent in the election. But for the next three years, that's exactly the way it's going to be in the city of New York. That's what I would do. Maybe I would lose the election, but the re-election, but I don't think that I would. That's how I would handle it. Let's go to Devin in the Yonkers, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
10: Well, first of all, Dominic, for mayor of NYC, all the way. I can hear the whole city clapping with me right now. For well, real, run, you. please well, run. Uh, secondly, I just want to say I'll be quick because I know you get a lot of callers. We're all just puppets on the strings, playing on the theatrical stage of whatever stage is set by these these corrupt politicians. Just using us like chess pieces against each other. And it needs to stop. Most white people are not racist and most people, black people are not, you know, violent thugs. It's all just BS. We're not puppets and strings and we need to come together. And I'm, I'm not a hippie or anything, but John Len- John Lennon's imagine. We really do. We got to come together and put these corrupt politicians out of business.
4: Well, um, all I can say to your uh, comment is amen. Um, it, it is time for a sea change when it comes to public office and the officials that we currently um, have, because folks, and I've been thinking about this, even even the policies of a very liberal district attorney, they have a large say or sway in how things go, but ultimately it's the law. And right now we have a Senate majority leader and an assembly speaker that are not budging. And the fact of the matter is, Mr. Speaker and Madam Majority Leader, it's people that look just like you and I that are dying every day. Every day like like animals being slaughtered on, on the street. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. When I come back, when I come back, Dominic Carter cares. I'll tell you about something that's uh, important to me. And, folks, it's now time for the 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8. Hear John Katz and Matzini's chats with Jim Chanos about Bitcoin.
6: I don't understand the additional con game. Where you could mine Bitcoin. How does mining Bitcoin help the system? It doesn't help the system. Uh, Bitcoin and, and the other, particularly the other cryptocurrencies, John, were a symptom of, of, of the speculative time. This really captured, particularly a lot of younger investors who feared they missed out on, on Apple or Microsoft or Google or, or Amazon in the last cycle. They glommed onto this, and like any promotion, uh, unscrupulous people created supply to equal
3: the demand. W A B C highlighting stories that hit close to home from your burrow to your dinner table. This is Carter cares.
4: And one of the Buffalo victims deceased now 86 year old Ruth Whitfield. She visited her husband at a nursing home in Buffalo And then went to Topps Supermarket. Her husband in the nursing home still doesn't know that his beloved wife is dead. His main caretaker is no longer here. So his son, uh, Mr. Whitfield Jr., a former Buffalo Fire Commissioner, says that his family has yet to break the tragic news to his father, And he says, what do we tell our father? What do we tell him that the love of his life, his primary caretaker, the person who kept him alive for the past eight years, how do we tell him that she's gone? And that's, that's what's on my mind. We can deal with the politics maybe later, but right now the victims and, um, An email I received from a friend of the program, Sal, Sal says, and I'm quoting here, and we're going back to your telephone calls in one second. He says that the Democrats politicizing and blaming Republicans for the Buffalo shooting demonstrates to me their desperation and devotion to politicizing capital, any situation to distract, deflect and gain votes Indeed, indeed, Democrats would politicize and blame Republicans, and all capitalize white people, if the toilets in the congressional bathrooms were overflowing. And at that uh, visual that I mentioned uh, held in Harlem, uh, as it relates to uh, Buffalo, the public's advocate, also a candidate for Governor, Jamani Williams, read the names of the victims
0: celeste chancy robert drury andre mcneil Catherine massey Margus morrison hayward patterson aaron salter jr geraldine Talley, ruth whitfield and pearl young those are the victims that we're here for today
4: and that that is the case and let's go back to the uh telephone calls let's go to jeff and queens good morning you're on talk radio 77 wabc Good morning,
3: Dominic. Good
5: yeah. morning. Okay, so this
3: guy's going to fly to Buffalo, right? And he's going he's gonna to speak on this horrific, horrific thing that happened. This kid should be, I'm sorry, firing squad, right? Now, he paid the eulogy, and I hate to say this, Clance, but the KKK guy, Biden gave the eulogy for him a week after this dude dropped the N-bomb on WNBC. So, I mean, I'm scratching my head going, wait a second. This is this – is, and they, they do. They blame the white supremacy on the on – the, one guy comes out of it, Lone Wolf, all oh, white supremacists. And I'd like to know how many doors Mayor Adams knocked to tell people they lost their children. I thought homicide people do that. I'm not sure. I'm just questioning it because I don't trust him because he did the same thing when he came into office. He needs security from his brother for the white supremacists, okay? I'm sorry, Dominic. I'm, I'm, I just – I can't chew on it. And my heart goes out to all the families. I I couldn't hypothetically think about the victim to to, to something like that, losing a family member to some kid that came in and shot up because he's a racist. And we're not racist. Every brother needs a white boy. Every white boy needs a brother. And I've been treated like gold. When I'm around any minorities, they treat me like a king. So I don't know where all this hate's coming from.
5: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Well. I swear to God. And it hurts me because, you know, I'm from New York. I can roll through the Bronx. I'm white as I'm white as white, man. I look like freaking Richie Rich, right? I, I'm <laughs> telling you, I go anywhere I want, man. They're like, yo, what's good? I'm like, my man, what's up? Give me a We're
4: good. You keep it moving. That's what's up. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know what, Jeff? Uh, I I feel you. I really do because I feel the same way. There isn't a community in New York that I don't freely walk them walk into and feel safe love not not a single yeah. community uh in New York and th- and that's why on the noon show today I was asking and I'm not trying to be a smart aleck I'm not trying to uh pretend to be one of these brothers that are uh, you know I I I don't I I don't know where the racism is I'm not, I'm not trying to do that at all Good heavens. But, 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 no, but, but, but 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 what but what I am saying is what I am saying is right So, and, 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 and this is the reality. So, right. So working here at WABC, right, we are, and I'm going to branch out from beyond WABC. We are treated uh, with much love by the Casamitidis family, John Casamitidis, Margo Casamitidis. They, they, they treat me a black man from the projects in the Bronx they treat me almost like family, and there and I'm given I'm given tremendous opportunity. Today at my home, right while I'm on the air, one of our listeners and I will never forget this guy, Jim. Right, Jim uh-huh. was, was he would not take money from me. Lives in in Rockland like I do. He helped me cut down my tree, and while I was on today on the air, Jim was at my house in the rain. Jim, who happens to be white, working with my son and my wife, he was out there for hours cleaning up the property, doing God knows what, uh, uh, chopping the, the, the trees into wood. And this this guy is a one-man example of how to improve race relations. And so, Jeff, I I, I really do feel what you're saying. I thank you for the call, but the, the broader thank point, thank you, that I was also trying to make is that when it comes to racism, right? I just don't, don't see it. Right. And so what I, what I mean by that is, did I face some discrimination in, in graduate school at Syracuse university? Yes. I was the only kid of color in the master's program. And after I came into the program and and they made me work like hell to get in, then they accepted two black kids, two black females the year after. But the year I came in, out of about 50 kids, I was the only minority in the program, in the master's program, right? And so my answer to discrimination has always been, OK, that's the way you feel. Cool. I really don't care how you feel. I'm going to work three times harder. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to get around you as an obstacle. Bottom line. And so I just don't see it, the the charge of, of, of racism that is being made by some, by some, by some. I do see the black on black crime, but I don't see that as a justification to go murder 10 innocent people. In a moment, I'm going to be joined by Frank Morano, but first let me go to Mitch in the Bronx. Good morning, Mitch. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC.
11: Hello, good morning. Good uh, morning. I just wanted to say that I uh, I believe, and most people won't agree with me, but I believe that the Second Amendment has got, it's, it's no longer uh, useful. The Second Amendment needs to go. There's gotta be gun control and at the very least I know they've been trying for years to ban automatic guns, semi automatic guns, attack rifles. That that should not be hesitation anymore. There's no reason for anybody to have an automatic, semi automatic, not even a police. Nobody should have weapons of that nature, rifle, shotguns. But I, I really think the Second Amendment was created over two hundred years ago, the times were different. There were dangers that are not present now. Now there's different kind of dangers. And if the gun shops and the gun manufacturers we're given maybe a three year window of opportunities to develop another you know industry, another uh, use for themselves so that they can support themselves and their workers, and then they have to shut down after that window of opportunity is over they 've got to shut down, and there should be maybe one gun manufacturing plant in each state for the police and the military in that state and that 's it well the Second Amendment I, is I, a big part of the problem I think
4: mitch Mitch, I hear you, and I thank you for the call. And I agree with you. Um, I don't think anything's really gonna change with the Second Amendment. But, uh, and the only thing I disagree with you is that the police do have to have these assault type uh, weapons. But they're practically the only ones in the military that should have them. Coming up at 1 a.m., Frank Marano and the other side of midnight in a moment. We're going back to your telephone calls. But I say good morning to you, good Frank. Good morning,
1: Dominic. Uh, doing double duty today. I got to hear a big portion of your uh, your noon show. You sound terrific. I'm amazed that you're sounding so energetic <laughs> and vivacious right now. Well, thank you. You're, you're going to be doing the morning yeah, show, Yeah, I'm right? going to stick around on the morning show with uh, our owner, John Katsimatiti. So uh, clearly on the energy issue the inflation issue, he's very much in demand by a lot of media outlets. So we're going to sure be is. Uh, tapping into his expertise on that and a whole bunch of other issues. What do well. you have coming up in just minutes? Well, got a very exciting show today. Uh, we're going to be talking with an author named Tony Woodleaf who wrote this book that I just read called "I Citizen: A Blueprint for Reclaiming American Self-Governance. And essentially, uh, it's a it's, he covers a lot of ground. I don't want to oversimplify it, but essentially he says that one, our freedoms are being taken away by bureaucrats and unelected judges and that the United States, the people that live here, are not nearly as divided As everyone seems to think, that we have a lot more in common than you'd think if you watched cable news or listened to talk radio. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. I enjoyed reading the book very much. And then today, for the first time in over a half century, Congress is going to hold its first hearings on UFOs. So I'm going to be joined by the go-to UFO journalist in this country, Jeremy Corbell. I'm looking forward to that conversation. And then in the 3 o'clock hour, somebody that, if you're a soap opera fan, people are really excited about. Martha Byrne, who was on As the World Turns in General Hospital, won three Emmys, big soap star. She's married to a retired NYPD sergeant who has now been arrested by the FBI. She believes her husband's being targeted, and she's going to explain why. So another interesting show. It certainly should be. We'll cover a lot of ground. And I have some thoughts on the uh, proposed new district lines that the special master came out with today. There are going to be some tweaks between now and Friday, but I'll give you my take on what I think some of the interesting races will be. Sounds interesting. Let's go right back to the telephone calls.
4: Frank Morano, Dominic Carter, Max in Manhattan. Good morning, Max. You're chatting with Frank and Dominic.
2: Good morning, Dominic. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I don't think we have a race problem in this country. We have a culture problem in this country. I don't care if you have this Richie Rich, I like that, the Richie Rich uh, kid or some white kid from Howard Beach or someone who's black. If you're walking, coming to my house with your pants halfway below your butt, you're not, and he says, "Yo, I'm going to take out your daughter." No, you're not going to take out my daughter.
4: I agree with constant. you, Max. I, I agree crazy. with you, eight thousand percent. Ask my me, daughter my perspective on that.
2: <laughs> all right, let me add another thing. When we grew up, we were grew up in taking band classes. Always listening to the, the Count Basie, Clifford Brown, Charlie Parker, and we idolize these people. These were all black African musicians, jazz musicians. We idolize them. You, you see, today if any white kid or any black kid knows who these who these famous uh jazz musicians were, they don't know and they don't care. There's hmm. another there's another separation of culture right there. And I don't I don't if so you have some good-looking white kid walking down the street playing this music pumping out of his car, I don't want to have anything to do with him. That's not that's not racism, that's culture.
4: Right, right. Well, the one, the one that kills me, and African, thank you for the call, Max. Um, African-American kids shouldn't do it either. But sometimes uh, a, a Mercedes convertible will pull up next to me, a BMW, and you can hear the uh, rap music Ugh. coming a mile a minute with the my N-word. And, and it's a white kid in the car with his head ditty-bopping up and down. And, and you know, the times I've seen it, they don't say the N-word, <laughs> but, you know, and it's it's not appropriate for anyone to do it. Anyway, Frank, uh, the little time that we have left, and I mean the little time, 45 seconds, you select the next question. How about Sydney in the Bronx? Sydney, go for it quickly, please. Sydney, please, are you there? Okay, Sydney's not with us. Uh, you want Phil, I I Phil? Phil, 10 Phil in seconds. the Bronx. Go ahead, Phil. Quickly, please. Okay, in forty-five seconds. No, no, simple, in fifteen free, seconds. Please. Go ahead, fifteen seconds. Okay, one thing: in the mid eighteen fifties, a
6: white extremist by the name of John Brown freed thirty-five thousand black slaves. And secondly, that the four cops that shot Amadou
8: Diallo, were they mentally competent to own a handgun?
4: Okay, well, you know, I would love to answer that, uh, but we have to do so tomorrow. Of course, they were competent. They're New York City police officers, Dominic Carter saying, folks, have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same station.